Hello again, everyone. It is Tuesday, October 12th. I'm here with Dominic. I have a name. Uh, we're here to talk about MLB playoffs. It's been surprising, exciting. Uh, this week in football, uh, surprising, exciting. Some breaking news that we have to kind of fit in here last minute. Uh, we're going to have a new game. doesn't really have a name yet. I haven't written panic button in my sheet because that was a, just a throwout name. I don't really know if we have a name for this. This is a pretty well-known thing that people do or not. So I don't know if we have a particular name for this. But, but it might one day. Uh, we're going to do some fair and foul later. Uh, talk some Patriots. Some Red Sox. Obviously the Tom Brady update and Darwin Award as usual. But Dominic. Yes. We played the Yankees last week. Oh, we did. And you have a lot to say about them. Oh, I have a lot. I, I'll keep. I, 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 got, I can condense this one really well, but I got a lot to say about this. Yes. All right. Let, let's go. So do. All right. Jesse. Me. As the great Albert Einstein said, mm. what is the definition of insanity? E equals MC squared. Don't be a, don't <laughs> be a jerk. <laughs> Play along. Yes, I know what he said. All right. He said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting re- uh, the different results. Now, anyone who knows me in my personal life and talked baseball with me knows that I've been on this yelling about this for years now. The home run champ in baseball, the team home run champ, doesn't win the World Series. You cannot be totally reliant on the home run ball and the win World Series. I don't care what the analytics say. Playoff baseball is different. The weather gets colder. The pitching gets better. You must be able to to do more than that offensively. You have to be multidimensional. You have to work counts. You have to put the ball in play and put pressure on players who are feeling even more pressure than normal because it's the playoffs. And as I said, weather gets colder too. That's a huge part of this too. Offensive numbers always jump up in the great warm weather of June, July, and August. And when you get to October, the ball doesn't travel as well. Let's be honest, Giancarlo's ball at Fenway, especially the first one back in the first inning, I think it was, or second inning, that ball is gone in July, but it's October, so the weather's a little colder and it doesn't make it out of the stadium. The broadcaster sure thought it was gone. Oh, John Sterling was great with that one. A Stantonian blast. Well, even Matt Vaskersian on the the Fox feed was it Fox? I think it was Fox. Like he thought it was gone too. I know, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't come out and say it quite like that though. Anyway, no. but anyway, so I have the numbers in front of me right now. So the World Series winners who have not ranked even in the top 10 in home runs, five different ones dating back to 2011. The Yankees have ranked top two in home runs five different times. There have been six World Series winners, not even in the top five ranking in home runs during the regular season. And yet the Yankees still continue to do the exact same thing over and over again. We have Aaron Judge. Let's let's go get Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, we got both of them. Still home run dependent team. Let's go get Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. Especially Gallo made absolutely no sense at all. And yet the Yankees decide to keep doing this over and over again. And I don't really have a large explanation for you. I don't know if it's just gross uh, negligence. I don't know if it's over-reliant on analytics. Or if it's about them caring more about selling tickets than it is about them winning World Series. It'd be a very interesting discussion to have. I, if Listen, if I was the Yankees, I would fire Brian Cashman after that game. Well, maybe the game has passed him by. It might have, but he's, like I said... He still spends money like it's late 90s, early 2000s. Exactly. 
So, yeah, if I was the Yankees organization, I would have fired Brian Cashman after that game. It's time for the Yankees to get with the program. Go look at the data since we all love love analytics so much. Home run champs don't win World Series. You must do other things. Let me give you the only teams to lead the league in home runs and win World Series. One of them was the Houston Astros. We all know the asterisk next to that one. Also, they led the league by far in batting average as well. So they clearly were not only relying on the home run ball. They were just the best offense in baseball at everything. The other one, the Los Angeles Dodgers, did it in the COVID-shortened season. I am sorry, but when you only play a quarter of a regular season, I think there's a huge asterisk next to that World Series. I'd put a bigger asterisk next to the Dodgers World Series than the Astros one. Would you really? That game seven was in Dodger Stadium, and you didn't show up at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and I mean Blake Snell gets taken out and stuff like that too, for the for the when the Dodgers won. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry, I don't give full credit when you only play a quarter of the season, and even if I did, that means there's only one home run champion team to win a World Series dating back to 2011. That's as far back as I went. If anyone wants to try and prove me wrong, you can go back further. But I think a decade is a pretty good time stamp to uh, look well, at this when, kind of stuff. That's when analytics really started to Yeah, that's appear. true. So as I said, Yankees finishing top two in home runs five different times in this past decade from 2011 to 2021. They have finished top two in home runs in the league three of the last four years. And yet they don't have a World Series appearance to even show for it. And they're even declining. They're getting worse. They lost in an ALCS, they lost in an ALDS, and now they've lost in a wild card game. It's going the wrong way for the New York Yankees. Hopefully they don't make the playoffs at all next year. I Listen, I don't think they should because I think you should literally actually think about tearing this thing apart. Mm. I, I think that should be a real conversation in that building because it seems pretty clear that you're not winning a World Series with this core of players. The Yankees never do that. No, they never do. But anyway, as I said, Albert Einstein, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And the New York Yankees continue to only rely on the home run ball to see them through the day offensively, and it keeps getting them absolutely nowhere. And now they've continued to be second fiddle to the hated Boston Red Sox, who on multiple teams and multiple occasions haven't even been top five, haven't even been top 10 sometimes in home runs. The Washington Nationals won a World Series. They were ranked, I believe it was 14th or 15th in the entire league in home runs. Kansas City, when they won, was ranked 19th in home runs. San Francisco, one of the years that they won, was ranked 13th in home runs. So, Jesse, you want to unpack that a little bit for me? Yeah, I mean, actually, you could argue they're playing even third fiddle and maybe even soon to be fourth fiddle to the Rays and maybe Toronto soon. So, mm. I mean, here's the thing. about it. They're never going to fire Brian Cashman. He's just brought way too much success. Uh, there's no big old Steinbrenner all being all upset because you didn't make and win the World Series now. Like, it's just when he, the real Yankee way died with Steinbrenner whenever he died. Um, was it 2006, five, something like that? Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, really, like there was that 2009 Yankees team, but you bought that World Series. Mm. Um, and actually, I think a lot of this philosophy comes with their stadium. 
Yeah. Well, we got a short porch. Let's just get a bunch of instant offense and let's win games ten to nine. Cashman didn't even have a lefty in the lineup though with home run power most of the season this year. Um, that's that's why you got a Rizzo, I guess. Um, which screwed over Luke Voigt, and now I wonder if Luke Voigt even wants to be on that team anymore. Um, mm. I'd like him as my first baseman. And listen, I'm I'm just <laughs> saying this as a as a as a baseball pundit in sports and sports guy looking at it from thirty thousand feet. In my everyday life as a fan, listen, New York, keep doing what you're doing. I love it. I love it. Keep doing it, baby. Keep losing. Well, here's the thing. Like, um, you know, you do need you need some instant offense. It can help. The Red Sox kind of instant offense their way past the Rays this past season. I know it's only one series. You still have two more to go if you want to win. Well, I mean, home runs bloom large in the playoffs, but, like, there's still guys they are working counts in order to up the – probability that they can get a mistake pitch. But if you if you don't have the contact ability and work account and stuff, the pitching in October is way too good to just think that you're going to get the mistakes that you need to hit the ball out of the ballpark all the time. Sure. I agree with that. Um, and it's clearly not working for the Yankees anymore. Um, and it, it's really come with these advanced analytics of, you know, don't really let your starter go three times, three times through the lineup. Um, you know, with this whole the new rule of you have to face three batters, you can't really do the lefty righty thing as much as you used to. But they still try, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're gonna face two out of three lefties. We're gonna go with the lefty. Yeah. Um, By the way, I thought particularly in that wild card game, the lack of ability to move runners over and get runs in, despite uh, with any other way than hitting the ball out of the power park, came to fruition completely when Phil Nevin sends Aaron Judge home. And I'm not defending Phil Nevin and saying it was the right decision, but I will give Phil Nevin this. Joey Gallo was on deck. What are the odds that second and third, one out, Joey Gallo is going to get the guy in from third? Especially, but it wasn't going to be second and third. Stanton only got to second because of the throw to the plate. Oh, you're right. So it was, it was still it was going to be first and third with one out. What are the chances that Gallo actually gets Judge in? Mr. 160 average since getting <laughs> traded to New York. I mean, you'd like your odds for any baseball player, any major league player, to at least put bat on ball, put it in play, and then maybe something will happen. But, I mean, Gallo's not fast. You put it on the ground. It's an easy double play. You need ball in air. And he's very good at that when he, he hits it. makes contact. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I don't know if in a fast play like that maybe he was thinking about it before the play like a ball and gap I'm waving judge home no matter what Mm. Um, so maybe he already had that planned because of Gallo maybe in the moment he's like oh crap it's Gallo I gotta send him or maybe he didn't think about it all maybe he just he just maybe got lost in the moment I know yeah Um, but I will give Nevin this the chances Gallo gets him in are very low but I also think um, like you know a couple years ago this savage lineup um, and Judge was doing good this year. Stan was doing good this year. Glaber Torres fell way off. Um, yes. Luke Vo was injury has injuries this year. That's why, like, even when he was not doing so hot, I give him the benefit of the doubt. But like, this team really didn't change much from last year in the past few years to this year, and yet it fell off. Mm. I think kind of a lot of that has to do with the hiring of Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone got hired because he hit a home run in the ALCS like almost two decades ago. That's why anyone even cares or knows his name. That's why he got hired as a Yankees manager. And, like, that's, that's on Brian Cashman. And Brian Cashman seems to love this guy for whatever reason. I don't know. But I, I think that has something to do with it, too. 
Maybe, yes, this philosophy of let's buy World Series, it just doesn't work anymore. Let's go with the long ball. It just doesn't quite work anymore with the, this age of pitching. Um, but really, like, I don't think Aaron, Aaron Boone is a good manager either. Like, I think you really, you need to, what is on the field each and every day and in that dugout, I can't kind of just maybe needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. Could you? I I just thought of something. We got to move on soon to the rapid fire news. But has analytics screwed three teams out of a World Series in the past short amount of time? Think about it. The Rays, the Astros taking Greinke out. The analytics say you got to take Greinke out. Blake Snell, and then listen. The Sox were the better team than the Dodgers that year. But do you remember Game One? Just because the Sox had a lefty on the mound, the Dodgers decided to take out like three of like their four or five best hitters just because they had to play the lefty righty matchup. They did that multiple times in the series. Um, yeah, I might be reaching with the third one a little bit, but I it wasn't a good. I, mean, I thought it was a bad move. One hundred percent, the the Rays. I mean, not lost that series. You definitely lost Game Six, and then in turn the series because Aaron, uh, Aaron, uh, Brian, was it? What's his name? Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. Too much Cashman. Yeah, fudging. Um, you definitely lost that because he trusted the analytics too much. I the Astros won maybe a little bit. You know. Maybe Nationals come back anyway if Grinky stays in. You don't know. It's hard to say, but possibly had something to do with it. And, I mean, people have said for a long time that uh, Dave Roberts loves his analytics way too much and is not really that good of a manager. He relies way too much on analytics, which I agree with. But the Red Sox were winning that World Series. I don't care. Yeah, they probably were. They, but were, anyway. they were head and shoulders. Right, and to sum it up, Yankees organization is insane right now, continuing to do the same thing. The only reason they're even viable is just because they have the money to at least stay at least viable, and they should fire Brian Cashman, in my opinion. He should be done. Mm. All right. Do you have something to say, or are we going to move on to rapid-fire news? I was just going to say, Analytics have definitely eliminated the Dodgers in the past decade because of too much reliance on it for okay. Dave Roberts. Maybe not World Series losses, but, you know. Yeah. They've, they've been kicked out because of it. All right. So, all right. Moving on to rapid fire news, Jesse. Rapid fire news. All right. I'm going to start with the local news. Beverly High School. Uh, they upset Danvers 12 6 uh, the other day at, was it Frank 40 Field? Is that what you that's Yes. Um, just over there. No one can see where we are, but I'm pointing at it. Um, <laughs> under the lights. They had a special yes. under the lights game. Yes. And they play, was it, is it Marblehead next week? They play, yes. Marblehead next week. Okay. Well, well this week, actually, Saturday. Well, yes, um, and uh, so uh, we we talked a little Red Sox Yankees. The Red Sox beat the Yankees in the wild card game, and hey, it's been a while since we've been here. They beat the Rays, which we're going to go into in the ALDS, which we did not see coming. We're going to break that down a little bit, uh, but to give you the rest of the roundup on the MLB playoffs right now, Astros are up two to one on the White Sox. Uh, they play today, I think at two. Yes, chance to eliminate. Uh, Braves up 2-1 on the Brewers. Play at, I believe, 4-30 today. Chance to eliminate the Brewers and the Giants. 2-1 over the Dodgers. The chance to eliminate them today at... I actually don't know what the time of that game. It's West Coast game, probably 9 o'clock. The Dodgers' offense has been really bad through this series. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised And I love it. I want them to lose. Uh, but all those, game, all those series could end today. Um, so we could know who the Red Sox will play today. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll find out. I think tomorrow would be the game because they moved the game. The game was supposed to be yesterday, the Astros-White Sox game. They moved it to today. Hopefully that series goes the distance so the Red Sox can sit, rest some guys, pitchers, J.D. Martinez's foot, and so on. 
Uh, some hockey news. Yes. NHL season starts today, 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, it is the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Your Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning. That's a 7. And then Seattle Kraken versus the Vegas Golden Knights. The two newest teams in the NHL face off tonight at 10 o'clock. Seattle Kraken's first NHL game ever. Football news. Our beloved Patriots, they got the dub. Uh, it didn't look good. 25-22 over the Texans. We're going to break that down in a little bit. Uh, the Falcons beat the Jets 27-20. I bring that up because they played in London, the London game. Those English people got to watch two of the worst teams in football. Uh, Cardinals stay undefeated. They won 17-10 over the 49ers, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. We didn't even put them in our top five best teams a couple weeks ago. And yet here they are. Hey, the uh, Steelers. The Steelers went undefeated for like ten or eleven games. So let's. You that know. is that is true. <laughs> um, the Lions. I put them in here. The only team without a win. We're going to talk about them actually a little bit later. Yes. Uh, but they lost again. Zero and five. They lost nineteen seventeen to the Vikings. And finally, to wrap this up for rapid fire news, and it's going to take us into our next segment. John Gruden last night stepped down as the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders for inappropriate comments. Yes. Uh, and that's uh, that's the end of Rapid Fire News and going to take us into our John Gruden news. Yes. So he would, he stepped down. Rumors were flying that he was going to maybe get fired anyway, although after he played the game, that kind of went down a little bit. But he stepped down for I mean, uh, emails that were sent. Uh, to Bruce Allen. Yeah, who was in the... Team president of the Washington football team, who was under investigation by the NFL, and that's why these emails came to light. Yes. Um, Dom, what is your opinion on this? Well, listen, I despise this going back in people's history, especially if we're going to go as far back as 11 years or a decade, bringing stuff up and then having that brief on today. And so I I was actually going to defend Gruden for a little bit. And then I looked at what he actually said. And by the way, the insulting Roger Goodell, the, the using the gay word in a you know, demeaning manner and then using the uh, F-A-G word. I'm not going to just say it, but um, in another manner, let's be honest, like a decade, decade and a half ago, that was a little bit more acceptable than it is now. And saying it on a private conversation, I mean, it's not great. I don't think it's worth firing over. And I was kind of like, this is a little ridiculous. But what he said about Smith was never acceptable at any time in our culture, except maybe like the 40s and 50s. say like 100 years ago. Yeah, like 100 years ago, that was acceptable. So listen, we've all, I feel like most most men who actually act and talk like men, let's be honest, we have said some totally politically incorrect things in private with our friends, jokingly or not. Uh, but yeah, um, I have no defense for John Gruden after some of the other comments that he made. Uh, totally, totally inappropriate totally a problem Um, another thing that i thought was really bad when you think about it was the michael sam comment because because it was sort of saying because he's gay he shouldn't have a job in this league that's a little different than just like you know what i mean it's a little pointed and it's a little bit of the thing that i've like say actual discrimination is which is i am saying because of this one particular thing I don't think that you should have a job, a this, a that, an X, a Y. Is it, you know what I mean? Mm. 
So I thought e- even the Michael Sam comment, when you think about it, was also particularly bad. And here's the other thing. Whether you think he should be fired or not, I think that game against the Bears showed you that I think he lost the locker room because of this. It might have. Which that you can stand on your morals all day on whatever you want, blah, 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 blah. But like, if my head coach has lost the locker room, I mean, I got to win football games, right? This is what this is about. I got to get them out of here, right? Sure. Um, and actually, I thought about that, like, because um, you just didn't show up this week, and maybe that was a big distraction. Maybe they didn't. Maybe it's not even just a distraction. Maybe the players just didn't want to play for this man anymore, yep. and it showed on the field. Um, and, you know, it is, especially in this day and age, hard to defend someone like this. I, You know, some of the comments, like, well, it was a while ago. Just let it go. The 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 lip comment is very hard to defend. <laughs> yes. It's I, I mean it's undefendable, other than the fact that maybe it's like well if he's a changed man, don't hold it too much against him. However, maybe you need to at least have a conversation of like why did you say this? Do you still feel this way? Why do you feel this way? Stuff like that. Um, I will say this. So this came out because the FBI raided uh, the Washington football team's facility last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that has nothing to do with John Gruden. However, he's the one getting screwed over it. Uh, whether that's, uh, Don't you think that makes it a little better, though? Because I think I'd be more mad if it was just a reporter who was just digging oh, just and found looking. it? Yeah. Uh, like looking to try. Well, I call it outrage hunting is what I call it. When okay. reporters and stuff are going into your old no, tweets mean, and emails and stuff. This came out just naturally because the NFL was doing a criminal investigation. The FBI was doing a criminal investigation. Of a football organization. Uh, sure. And it's, yeah, I'll say it's better than like, oh, just some person with a grudge. Yeah. Because Gruden fired him or screwed him over like a decade ago. It's like, well, I have this. Now I'm going to mess. I'm going to get you fired. I will say this, though, in the terms of why this maybe is not the best way to do this to Gruden, because they raided the football team's organization. And this almost immediately came out, despite the fact that it has nothing to do with what they were investigating at all. Nothing. Um, however, what they are investigating kind of, I mean, not remains a mystery. We know what it is, but everything like Dan Snyder, people call out Dan Snyder a lot for being a terrible, terrible person, touching women, um, saying things, just being an a hole. Mm -hmm. Nothing has come out. You mean to tell me this man, Dan Snyder has not sent any racist, sexist, homophobic emails in this time. Yeah, right. Why are we sh- crapping on Gruden? I almost swore there. Because uh, um, Gruden's more of a public figure. That's probably my oh, thing. Because he cashes the checks rather than writes the checks. Ah, you don't think point. the NFL is like, well, maybe you found some bad things Dan Snyder said. But don't release that. It's not about the investigation. That Gruden stuff, you can let that go. Because Gruden has been very critical of a man named Roger Goodell. Hmm. So maybe Roger Goodell says, yeah, you can release that. That Dan Snyder stuff, I'll take that put that in his pocket i will say that's that. a good point i will say that gruden you know he deserves some crap but why are we only giving gruden crap when come on i have no doubt in my mind dan snyder is just as slimy and it says just as bad if not worse things i don't i, I think that's mean of you to say just as no he's definitely listen gruden made some comments they're horrible they're inexcusable i probably would have fired him too dan snyder has acted out some pretty bad things yeah, he got he got those sexual assault allegations and i mean fired some of his staff because of it but he's like i didn't do it you were at the very least you were privy to it you knew it Mm. so 
But Dan Snyder writes the checks as opposed to cashing them. So I will, I will say that. Hmm. I wanted to put that out there. I, I think I think we've touched on this enough. I think it's time. Let's We're going to move on now to that Pats-Texans game. And Jesse, I'm going to let you start this one. Your thoughts watching that. Mm. I have some interesting, not even thoughts, more just questions. I don't. It's hard to make complete yeah. statements after that game, but go for it, Jesse. Yeah, You've got to start it on well, this. That first half. I mean, we went to this game, Texans. Um, what's that quarterback? Mills? Mm-hmm. I, you, you, like, come on, we're going to steamroll this team. Not steamroll this team, but like this This is a team. When we looked at the schedule, um, I was like, this is one you definitely should win. Mm-hmm. And it looked like you were not going to for that first half. You came out and you laid an egg, um, especially after that fumble in the end zone. That like really took the wind out of their sails, and they couldn't catch up for a little while. Then they had those halftime adjustments. The Patriots are very good at that. Bill is very good at that. Um, but still, this shouldn't have been a Nick Folk game-saving field goal victory. It kind of shouldn't. It really. And even though you made a nice comeback, Max Schoen looked good in that comeback. You were able to nut up uh, and get that win. I don't feel good about this win. I really don't. That was the Texans with their backup quarterback. Uh, backup to the backup. Yeah. Um, and, uh I mean, actually, the thing, Mac Jones only had one interception. He probably should have had a lot more. Yeah. He was really forcing into coverage there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he saw in a couple of those. Hopefully, that can just be, you know, just file that down. Let's get a little neater with that. But, yeah, I don't – I didn't like what I saw despite the win. And, like, you know, there's that wins and win, a wins a win mentality. But, like, still, that you can say that when the year's all said and done. All right, we won the World Series. We won the Super Bowl. We whew, Wins a win. When you're looking to get better and you're looking to learn some things, like that was, that's not quite a win-a-win situation. Like that looked bad. No, that was bad. I, I can put a positive spin on this though, and I don't even mean it to me like that. I, I can just add some context at least to this game. So, the Pats were missing. What was it? Three, four guys on the offensive line. That I mean, is they, true. They were missing almost the entire offensive line. They were just coming after a prime time, big game, Tom Brady back in New England. You know, like a huge game that lends itself to maybe a letdown the next week, especially when you think, oh, we got this because we have a bad opponent. And uh, yeah, there was no excuses for that first half. They they completely, they, they looked terrible. They looked almost unprepared, not ready to play the game, blown coverages all over the place. But Houston also kind of had to manufacture some of that stuff. They had an 18-play drive. They had one thing on a, what was it? Wasn't it a flea flicker? Yes. was one of the touchdowns. So, like, they also had to get a little gimmicky even sometimes to score uh, one of the touchdowns. And they went in the halftime really down badly with a rookie quarterback to try and get them back into the game. And Bill took Belichick's credit. Belichick does what Belichick does. He went in the halftime. He made the adjustments. And they shut the Texans down in the second half and macked the rookie in a game that was getting out of hand and they should have won and a lot of pressure. Mac did come come back and the and the Pats won the game. Do I feel great about this win either? No. Do I think there are some other context here, maybe though, before I completely just say, oh my gosh, it's a terrible team? Yes. I do think there are some NFL context uh context here to give this game. Yeah, and then still, there's still things I like that I saw. Hunter Henry's getting a lot more involved in the offense. That was really good to see. The running game looked pretty decent, despite the offensive line being devastated by COVID injuries and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was great to see the kid nut up when he had 
kind of no choice to. That's mm. always that's always nice to see. And I will give the Texans credit. They are a better team this year than I thought they would be. Um, Not when Mills is at the helm, though, usually. No. Um, but I, I also, last night when we were talking about this, I was like, well, maybe this had to do with the fact that Patriots had, like, no, no film on um, Mills. So it took him a half to really kind of figure him out a little bit more. Um, but even still, like, you made that comeback in the second half. You did it with four field goals. Was it four field goals? Three field goals and a touchdown. Yeah, that's true. They're having, um, they're having problems finishing off drives. With yes, TDs. and like yeah, you you could have had a second TD in that first half, but they fumbled it in the end zone. There, this team has a fumbling problem, and no, not only do they have a fumbling problem on the offense, they can't get turnovers on defense. No, they cannot. Um, and the defense, I mean, the defense was really bad in that first half, which was shocking because of how good they looked for the entire game against the Buccaneers. Um, in the defense, they really they when they had to, they shut them down. So I I still have mixed feelings about both sides of the ball, but and this game only gave me more mixed feelings. I was hoping that like all right, I'm, we're gonna like see some things. We're gonna see like the Texans are gonna let us see that this team has it. It'll, that those things that down the line will work out. Mm. No, I didn't see that at all. But boy, I saw you, it a little bit. When you look at the schedule, though, at least at the end of the day, they got the win here. Because this is one of those that if you lose this game, that kind of could turn the oh. season into a disaster. Yeah. Because you're, you're probably not winning next week. Here's the thing. You're 1-4 in four instead of the Texans being 1-4. in four. They're 2-3, and three and you're 1-4 in four if you lose. Yes. That's if you lose to the Texans. Like, <laughs> come on. You lost to the Texans with their backup quarterback. Backup to the backup. Listen, let's give Tyrod Taylor some credit here. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. They they were a lot better with Tyrod. I'll give Tyrod some credit. But let's be honest. Tyrod was the backup to Deshaun. If Deshaun doesn't do some stupid stuff, continues to try to kill this man. Oh yeah, I forgot Deshaun Watson existed. Why wow, he's getting talked about for trades again? I picked him up on my fantasy team. I saw that. Just in case. I saw that. Just in case. You know. Um, you're gonna drop him week. Everybody drop your morals. Nobody cares. Let's let's trade Deshaun. Well, let's, let's put him in know, a playoff race. Getting a little off topic here. <laughs> the the longer this story has gone on about his personal life, the more I'm like, well, it didn't seem like he actually has done much of anything because he's taking wh- too long. Well, not that. I understand these things take a long time. These things get dragged out, but none of them will come forward with who they personally are. None of them will come forward with details about what he actually did, and like to the point, like even in court, they're like, no. Mm. To the like, they were some of them were ordered like you have to. And then like, well, we'll drop. And then some of them dropped. Yeah. So that sounds like nothing at all. Mm. And hey, especially if you drop, well, I definitely won't hold that against him at all. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, guys, we got the Cowboys next. I'm very interested to see how this goes. I don't think they're gonna win. Um, but let's not listen. I, I we're gonna talk about the Cowboys later on a little bit in, in one of the segments because I think the Cowboys are really good now. Mm. It'll be interesting to see if if the Pats get absolutely steamrolled, then I'm I'm willing to punt on the season and just accept that this is not a good team. But if they can at least maintain and, and keep it a close fight, I'm keeping I'm keeping my my thoughts exactly where they still are because the the schedule will get very easy come da- uh, coming down the stretch. Yes, um, but even so, even if you get I mean maybe if you get like stomped. It's like, well, that's what I mean. If they get stomped out, but if you lose, like, I mean, here's the thing: the Dolphins are keeping you afloat. The Dolphins don't want to do anything. That's You're ahead of the terrible. Dolphins. Um, thanks to this win. So, if if it's just a regular loss, I'm yeah. definitely not willing to. Like, let's 
like you, other teams around you are like you're this is a very competitive season it seems yes absolutely. a lot of teams are in it just not just out of it it's early it's early too no it is obviously um but even still like i don't like there's very few teams in this league i'm like well you're garbage even the texans like i don't think they're garbage as much as i thought they would be they're really bad hmm. but they're not the dumpster fire they were a year ago hmm. yeah yeah, especially when Taylor was was the quarterback and wasn't as bad. Yeah, the Jags are a bit of a mess. They're they're starting to play but, better week to I'm, week, but they are a mess. But I'm seeing improvement, which is why yes, the Jets are a mess. really bad. But you won a game. You did, and you almost won a second one against another really bad team. Now the Falcons, the Falcons almost falconed that game and blew it in the fourth again. However, like uh, Matt Ryan is, they almost prolapsed over a field in a different country, even too. Matt Ryan is looking okay though. He is. I, I see. I told, I told you their offense would turn it around. Actually, he did it without Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage. My boy Kyle Pitts yeah. supplied the rest of the offense, taking down Jesse this week in fantasy. All right, guys. Ugh. So Let's we're not talk about fantasy. We are going to take a quick break, and we will be back with uh, panic or not on some certain NFL teams. A little bit of talk about some weird decision making in the Browns Chargers game at the end. What that might say about the Browns moving forward and their confidence in Baker. And we'll do a Red Sox preview in Fair and Foul. So stick with us, guys. Quick break right now. Welcome back. That was a great break. We killed it. Now we're going to start. We're going to try a new segment here. Uh, you know, maybe it will be a segment. Maybe just something we kind of do every now and again. Is it time for some teams to panic? We're going to shout out some teams. Mm-hmm. Say, like, it, should they panic? Should they relax? What sh- we're going to give some advice to these teams because we are the experts. So, Dom. Yes. The first team. One of the most surprising things about this season so far is it time for the Kansas City Chiefs to hit that panic button on the season? I think 100% if you're a Chiefs fan or, or in the organization, it is 100% time to hit the panic button if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, let's have leveling degrees of panic. When I say panic, that doesn't mean I don't think they're making the playoffs. But you should panic because it seems like you are not the best team in the AFC right now. You're not even a great team right now. You're barely even a good team right now. And I actually, we, we talked about this before the uh, year started. One of the questions we asked is, the Chiefs still head and shoulders above the rest of the league, at least in the AFC? And I said, I don't think so, because they had to retool the offensive line. And the offensive line is a problem right now. The offensive line doesn't look good. But the even bigger issue is the Chiefs are dead last in the NFL in points allowed. They're tied for last in turnovers. They can't run the ball at all. They're incredibly reliant on just Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill in the passing game. Mahomes 
looks like his mechanics have regressed. He's a bit of a mess right now. And the other troublesome thing is Andy Reid in Philadelphia and Andy Reid with the Chiefs, even pre-Mahomes, usually the beginning of the year is their best time. They're, any better knows you should always take the Chiefs to cover in the beginning of the year games because Andy Reid has had so much time to draw up new plays and schemes and stuff like that for the offense that they usually come out the gate on fire. And yet, they're not playing well at all. And I think that means that there's some real problems in this team um, that I don't know if they're really going to be able to fix. Especially since you have to pay Patrick a ton of money. So I, I don't know what their cap room situation is like, but it can't be that much anymore, especially moving forward. So yeah, I, I think it's totally panic time in Kansas City. I think you're not as good as the Chargers. I think the Browns have a legitimate gripe that they could be better than you, even though I know that they lost week one. And you lost to the Bills badly at home. Josh Allen only had to complete 15 passes. You're a turnover mess. You can't run the ball. And you're incredibly lying on just two people in the passing game. Yeah, I I think it's kind of time to hit the panic button in Kansas City right now. It's a real problem. Mm. I will say this. Um, Last year, we kind of saw that this is an arrogant team, which they yes, they're very skilled and they deserve to at least be a little bit. I wonder how much is maybe that is playing into it. It's like, well, we're the best. Come playoff time, we're going to be there. And maybe this, maybe this Bills game will really open their eyes. Like, all right, we need to. The problem with that is how much better that division has got. Yeah, uh, but still, maybe they just are like, they can get as better as good as they want. We got Mahomes, we got Kelsey, we got Hill. We'll we'll put up points. We'll compete every game, mm-hmm. and they sort of have. But like, mm. you you didn't really you lost you were I mean. You should have gave up on that game when Tyreek dropped that ball for the pick six. Mm. Um, so maybe this Bills game will open their eyes, mm. but if it, you're not panicking now, mm-hmm. you, you you probably should. Yeah, yeah, I will agree with you. Okay, but I just wanted to put that in there. One hundred percent. All right. So Jesse, me, your turn now. Is it time for the Washington Football Team, the what the football team, to hit that panic button? Tell me what you think, Jesse. Uh, part of me wants to say no because of the division they're in. They're supposed to be in one of the crappiest divisions in all football. However, the Cowboys, we'll talk about them a little later, or at least a little better than we thought. Um, but I'm going to go with, yeah, yes, you should. Because your thing, I mean, coming into this season, like you didn't, we talked about this. Was it was the last week when you talked about how they, they didn't go for it with quarterback? Was that two weeks ago? Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. All right, but... Um, you didn't go forward with quarterback. You still expected to take a step forward, um, especially because your defense was supposed to be, and it was really good last year, your defense was supposed to be the guy, mm-hmm. one of the best in football, if not maybe the best in football. And it is not at all. Week one, you got the, you lost to Chargers, a good Chargers team, and it was a low-scoring game. That's, that's, that's a promising first step. You then you won against a bad Giants team. However, you should have lost that game. The Giants handed you that win. You should be 0-2. And again, you didn't didn't look good on defense that game. You then play the Bills, one of the better teams in football. I don't expect you to win that game. I don't expect you to get blown out the way you did. You got embarrassed. Embarrassed. You did not show up whatsoever. You then played the Falcons. You won. You beat a crappy Falcons team. You beat them by four points. 
You've won your two your two wins are by a combined five points. Mm. As bad as your offense is, and I didn't expect it to be good, I expect a defensive team to still win by higher margins of victory than that. Yes. Combined. Yeah. Um and then you just what was our last game? Uh, you just lost to the Saints, a team that we have no idea what really to make of. One week they're great, one week they're crap. But you they looked offensively, the Saints, really good. Mm. So your defense is well, you're supposed to be your strong suit. It's not. And you have a guy in Heineke who's never going to bail out that defense right now. He's yeah. just never going to be that guy. And I don't like, I don't dislike Heineke. He's a gamer. He's gotten back into some games, but yeah, he can't yeah. overcome a bad yeah. defense. He, he was a lot of the reason they won that uh, Giants game because mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't the defense. They, they gave away points and then the Giants gave them right back with drops, stupid, stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, how many points were taken off the board in that game because of stupid penalties or drop passes? At least 10 for the Giants. Yeah. Heck, Darius Slayton blew by the defense. Total blown coverage. No one went with him. Right in his hands, dropped it. Yeah. That was game over. Their secondary has been really bad. Yeah, so I think it is is time to pan. You were supposed to be going into the season maybe the favorite to win that division. You are not anymore at all. Mm. You're not. Uh, you're outside looking in in that playoff spot, and it doesn't look good in a division yeah. like that. So, yes, panic. I got nothing to add to that. All right. Well, Dom. Uh, Next, I'll ask you. Cleveland Browns, a team we thought would be pretty good coming in this year, Mm -hmm. uh, has competed in most of the games. I mean, they competed hard yesterday, Mm -hmm. but they took the L. Excuse me, two days ago. It's Tuesday. Um, Is it time to panic? Because that defense doesn't look so good. Time to panic for the Browns. I have some other things to say about the Browns moving forward that might be time to panic, but as far as just this season and stuff, no, I don't think it's time to panic just yet. Now, I know they've lost, and they've given up a lot of points when they faced the two really good teams they were supposed to. They looked terrible offensively against the Vikings, Vikings, but they at least won that game, and Baker did have an injury going in that game, and they needed to compensate for it. And another week of being having the injury probably helped them compensate uh, better, at least throw the ball better in the Chargers game than he did the Vikings game. Um, the defense has not looked good. They're not leading their division right now, but I will say this. The Bengals are better than we thought, but I still don't think they're a good team. They still have problems on the O-line. Joe Burrow's still getting hurt too much. The Steelers, I don't really care that they look good against Denver last week. If you watch the games, they're incredibly limited offensively. They can't really run the ball. Big Ben is a card-carrying member of the AARP. He is awful. He can't move. Um, They're completely relying on their front seven, and if any of them get hurt, that's really going to hurt that team. Um, So I think not time to press the panic button yet on the Browns. This defense, listen, this is still the beginning of the year where the offense is usually better than the defense, and there's still a lot of new pieces here on defense for the Browns. I think it'll get better. Listen, the Browns still are among the tops in the league right now at yards per play. They're the best rushing team in the NFL, which means they can at least give their defense the break and have them uh, rest a lot in games. So absolutely not. I still think they're winning this division. Pretty good playoff run. It's not time to press the panic button on this season yet for the Cleveland Browns. You don't think that Baker Mayfield injury is any reason to panic? No, because I think... He was still able to be competent yesterday, just not at the end of the game. Two um, days ago. Two days ago. Um, and I think it'll get better as long as he doesn't get hit too bad. And they can run the ball so they can take a lot of the pressure off Baker. So I think it'll be all right. Okay. Also, they have a competent backup, too, if they did need to go to the backup for a couple of weeks. Who's their backup right now? Case Keenum. 
forgot about that, man. Uh, and my guy, Case. But let's be honest. My jokes aside, because I watched him at Houston, he's a decent backup. Sure. He can keep you afloat for a couple of weeks. Sure. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's time for the panic yet for the Browns. All right, Jesse, last one. I'll agree. We put this in even before John Gruden resigned, but now it's even better. Yes. Is it time to hit that panic button for the Las Vegas Raiders, who have now lost two in a row and got blown out by Chicago uh, on mm. Sunday? Yes. It wasn't good. The Matt Nagy Bears. Uh, well, here's the thing. So you won. You won week one. We didn't think we didn't think much of the Raiders coming into this season. We really didn't. Um, they Vegas won- had them at seven and a half, and I said under. Okay. They won uh, week one against the Ravens in overtime. Uh, Great game. Thrilling game. Uh, You won week two against the terrible, terrible Steelers. Not much to say about that one. You you at least beat a good Ravens team week one. You then beat a supposedly good Dolphins team week three to go 3-0. A two-less Dolphins team. And you're you're 3-0. And things are looking good for the Raiders. However, you won two of those games in overtime. Two of those games are against teams that are just not actually that good. Yeah. Um, and then you came back down to earth. I, I expected you to lose to the Chargers. Chargers were definitely going to be a better team than you. Um, the Bears, though. That's why we're asking, is it time to panic? And I'm going to go, no, it's not time to panic, despite the fact you lost your head coach. Uh, why? You were never going to have anything to begin with. You were never supposed to be here. Those three wins, those were nice three wins. But, like, come on. Two of those teams aren't good. Two of those three were in overtime. You barely squeaked them out. You were going to fall off. It was inevitable. You weren't a real playoff team. You were not a real contender at all. It's not time to hit that panic button because you had nothing to be high on to begin with. You can ride that high of that first victory. Sure, that looked good. That almost made me change my tune for a second. But come on. You got Derek Carr. Oh, come on. Derek Carr is not the problem. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Derek um, Carr is not the problem. Where was he yesterday? Where was anything for them? I think he had a bad game. So uh, what? It happens. Heck, maybe that had to do with the John Gruden situation. I, I would bet it had to at least a little bit to do with your performance on the field. Like, how do you not at least get somewhat distracted? Especially if you're a minority player. I understand if you don't want to play for someone like that. Uh, I say, well, you said what? I'm not going to play for you. I get that. Um, you know, some players can really turn that off. It's like, well, I'm still going to, I want to win. I want to cash my check, stuff like that. Uh, but like, come on, you weren't ever going to win anything with John Gruden. Who do you think you are? You're going to play, uh, actually here's the thing, looking at the schedule, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. Um, but the Bengals are better than we thought this year. I still think you're losing to the Chiefs despite their situation. Oh, they're losing to the Chiefs. Um, you play the entire, like, you actually do. You play the entire NFC East. Um, Which is but, a nice break. But you're probably... Here's the thing. The Eagles won last week. The Eagles are actually... Okay, the Eagles needed a block punt. The Eagles still won. <laughs> uh, you might lose two out of the three games to those bad teams. I and mean, you're, you're losing to the Cowboys. You're losing to the Cowboys. Um, you got the Chiefs. You still have the Chiefs twice. You end with the Chargers. Uh, you got the Browns. I mean, you got the Colts. Make that of what you will. Um, but ah, uh, you're not going anywhere. So no, don't panic, because you had no reason to be high on this team. That's it, Dominic. 
Well, you know, we're we're trying to do this as a fan perspective, Sorry. though. So, like, if you win three games, you're thinking that you're going to be good. So, I think 100% it's time to pan- hit that panic button well, come on. on the Las Vegas Raiders. You, those three wins. No, I well, listen. Sus. I was never, I was never changing my tune on the Raiders either yet. I thought about it after that week one win. Well, yeah, but even with Gruden's here, you know they do this every year. They start the year really good, and then they fall off badly at the end. Also, John Gruden is like, personal things aside, Yeah, he's, he's coaching is early 2000s. Yes, it is. Um, so, yeah, I think it's time to hit the panic button. You now have no head coach. I don't. Your organization is a mess. Your O-line looked terrible, and you got stomped by the Bears, who... I mean, I like Matt Nagy, but like, it's not a good team at all. Um, the Nagster? The Nagster. I like Nagy, but I mean, I don't think he has anything to work with there for the most part. Justin Fields looked competent, though. But your own line looked terrible. You couldn't even move the ball. You had trouble stopping the run. And yeah, now you have this situation, too. Your organization is a mess. And I think it's 100% totally time to hit that panic button. Uh, yeah, Las Vegas fans, you should all be freaking out. If it was time to panic, dump. Put your sound, turn your sound off. That's unprofessional. If it was time to panic, it was years ago. At this point, you're you should already you should have been panicking for years. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, that has been panic or not. From that, we will go into the Browns Chargers. We've mentioned the Browns game. We've talked about Chargers a little bit. We'll even talk about Herbert again later too. But there was some late game decision making in that game that really made me scratch my head. And I like Kevin Stefanski. But your defense had been worked all day long, especially in the fourth quarter. You had the ball back, trying to kill the clock, but there was plenty of time in the clock at this point. There was so much time that the Chargers ended up going down the field, scoring the touchdown, and the Browns got the ball back with still some time to try and answer. So there was so much time left on this clock, deep in your own territory, third and ten. And the Browns decided to just run the ball straight into the line, accepting to punt to Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense and give them great field position at around midfield to try and win the game. Uh, I did not understand it. I don't know if Stefanski just got lost in the moment or if this is an indictment on their feelings on Baker Mayfield and his decision making. I kind of think it's the second one. Browns, this is the second game in a row too. Between that Chiefs game and then the Chargers game, when you need Baker to make plays and win a game and the whole stadium knows that he has to throw the ball, he looks terrible. Mm. He threw a pick against the Chiefs. He checked down on three straight plays despite the fact that you didn't really have the time or the timeouts. Throw the ball over the field. Even if it's incomplete, throw it away. Don't check it down. You don't have time for that. This isn't college where the clock stops if you get a first down. They didn't have time for that. What is Baker doing? Uh, Browns fans, I'm going to come out and say this right now. He's not worth the money. Don't do it. He's not worth that extension. And if you do do it, then you should know that your organization is going to be handicapped for a while. So I don't know if that was Stefanski's thoughts or he just got lost in the moment. I don't know, Jesse. You tell me, but I thought that was a clear indictment. Because if it's not an indictment on Baker, then it seems like just incompetence. I will say, like, I mean, running is clearly their strong suit. Maybe, but third maybe, and ten. Maybe you just like, hey, Chubb's got it. Third uh, and ten. Um, I, I, the idea is probably time ticking at least. Keep the time going. Um, okay, but at that point, if you don't get the first down, it didn't matter what you do. There was going to well, be plenty of time for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I will say, third and ten, you're running a ball. You don't think you're going to get that first down. Try. At all. Well, then, here's the thing. 
you don't get it with the pass, clock stops. And I will say this. Yeah, but 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 Jesse, the clock was a non-factor at this point because unless you got a first down, no matter what happened, there was going to be plenty of time for LA to score a touchdown. That's why I guess he didn't have faith. Okay. Uh, here's the thing, though. I didn't watch this game live. Um, I just was just too busy at the time. Mm-hmm. You came to me while the game was on, and you said, oh, my God, uh, Chiefs got a touchdown with, like, 3.15 to play, and they missed the extra point to tie the game. The Chargers did, yeah. Yes. And they're like, oh, my God. The uh, Chargers almost chargered this game. But I said... That's a lot of time. I think Brown's going to Brown. And they Browned. They did. <laughs> they Browned. They Browned. Because um, <laughs> then... I want to bet because the Chargers I, won and Rafi had to eat... Our, our coworker had to eat a ghost pepper, too. Yeah. I was so happy about that. Yeah, I went... Then I once you said that, I started... I was like, oh, I'll check out the last couple minutes. I looked up. And it was 47 to 42. Um, and the Browns fans were leaving. And I was like, oh, my God. They really did Brown. I kind of said that as a joke. Um, but they still got out Brown. And that's the thing. That play call, it's Brown's play call right there. How is that not a Brown's play call? It sounds exactly what the Browns are going to do. And I don't like, I even, we even had that little segment where you just, you interrogated me about the, the, uh, the uh, coaches in the NFL. I don't dislike Spansky either. I think part of the reason that team is successful is him. Um, but I like, I mean, Brown's going to Brown. He's still in that Brown's, he's got that Brown's hat on. It's like, oh man. I don't know if it's just it does something to people, but here's the thing though. I think the Chargers could be a better team than the Browns. Oh, I think so they are. So don't quite hang your head. I mean, like that is a tough loss to take. It is. No matter your opponent, you lose forty-seven, forty-two. You put up forty-two points, you lose. Like that's tough. That's tough. Yes. You still put up forty-two points. Well, I said don't panic with the Browns. It's not about the loss. It's just about. That seems like a weird decision and maybe an indictment on their feelings on Baker and his decision-making. That's my yes. point. That's my point of that game. Yeah, we talked about that last night. If your um, defense had been playing well, that's different. But your defense had been getting worked all day, especially the last quarter. There was no reason to think that you were going to stop the Chargers. Maybe, I mean, they'll never admit this, but maybe you make Baker Mayfield's injury had something to do with it. You know, it's not his throwing arm. So he said they keep saying he can play, he is fine. Maybe they didn't even want to risk him taking a hit that play. I don't know. Maybe I will never know. They'll never quite admit the actual thought process, the total reasoning behind it. Especially if it's like I don't trust my quarterback. They're not going to say that. You can't say that. No, you can't say it. But like, um, just because they're not saying it, Browns fans, let's be let, let's be honest here. Teams show you things. They're not going to tell you things, but they show you things. And I think they showed something right there. I think they tipped their hand a little bit. I I don't know. It's We can speculate. I, can we you, both, we can, both feel strongly that this team might not have the faith in Baker Mayfield that, say, the media seems to. Um, the media loves him for some reason. I don't, I don't know. And here's the thing: I don't dislike Baker Mayfield. I don't dislike him either, but he's I don't think he's quarterback. But I don't think he's going to be worth thirty-four million dollars. And I clearly think that the you Browns know, think that too. Hey, you know who might be though? If you're going to be worth that money, you must be able to deliver in these kind of moments. And he didn't against the Chiefs, and he didn't against the Chargers. And not only did he not deliver though, he looked really bad. 
like completely out of his element. You know who might be worth that money? It's a little off topic, but like it's this conversation of don't pay your quarterbacks. I think we were wrong about Lamar Jackson. He might be worth that money. I think he is too. I kind of, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch that game against the Colts at all? I watched the highlights. Yo, he's throwing the ball down. Dude, he got a lot better throwing the ball. Yes, he did. In a year. I'm, we might have to take an L on this one. We, people said, like, especially last year, oh, people are starting to figure out Lamar. And they did. But he said, but did you figure out this? And he got better throwing the ball. And he learned to throw the ball. Way better. Let's see. Maybe Baker Mayfield can. Baker, what did I just say? Baker, May- Baker Mayfield maybe can do that too. If Lamar can learn to throw the ball, why can't Baker Mayfield? Baker knows how to throw. It's just nah, he's, it, he's limited. Do it better though. He's limited. Read it better. He's limited by sometimes poor decision making, his size, his arm strength. I feel like the decision making. His average athletic ability. Easier things to fix. It's like you can you can do this. Just do it smarter. That's hard to say to get smarter. I don't know if that's no, but you just sit like listen. Like when you see this, this means this. When you see that, this means that. Don't do that. I guess maybe I don't know. I think some of this is obviously it's a little more complex than that. Yeah. but like sometimes I think it's inherited traits, and at twenty something years of age, the baker is. I don't really know if that's going to get better. I think teaching someone something that isn't a skill, not physical, is a lot easier than teaching someone to like throw the ball better to like physically throw the ball better yeah but still when you're in a football game and everything happens so fast and everything like that it's still a lot of it comes down to instincts that's why you got to start beating them no (laughs) don't do that and then you hit him at practice don't do that you hit him at practice and he's like i don't want to get hit you know same reason you hate your kids (laughs) oh my gosh uh that's uncalled for he's joking (laughs) am i though i mean maybe not on the kids thing but you can't, you can't hit your players in practice. <laughs> you just make them run. No, but like, yeah, sure, make them run, bench him, some stuff like that. Make him like, I don't want to be punished. To Baker's credit, he didn't really turn the ball over or have any really bad plays. But like, what are you doing checking it down three times in that situation? You didn't have time for that. You got to be more aware of stuff going on. That was terrible. All right. Yeah, he threw for 300 yards. All right. We are going to move on, guys. Quick break, and then we'll go into the Red Sox talk and fair and foul. And our weekly Tommy Report and Darwin Awards. Stick with us, guys. One last quick break. Guys, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, we're getting near the end here. A little wrap things up. A couple more segments, though. And the Red Sox, my goodness. I think a lot of people didn't expect this. I didn't think the Rays were as good as you, you thought, Jesse, or a lot of people thought. But I didn't think the Sox would win this series. But they are on the strength of two walk-offs. 
They will be moving on to play either the Astros or the White Sox. We will find out today, later on. But let's go into this series and preview the next matchup for our beloved Boston Red Sox. Man, this has been a treat. Oh, my God. Like, I am high on life. You have no idea. We had no business being in the ALCS. Yet here we are. Oh, my. If you said that the Red Sox will be competing to get into the World Series in March, I'd be like, you are out of your mind. Yeah. You mean to tell me people like Hunter Renfro and Kike Hernandez are going to guide us to the ALCS? What are you smoking? And Nick Pavetta. Yeah. Not that he started, but Pavetta was huge out of the pen. Yeah. That a guy named Garrett Whitlock, who never got past double A, was going to have some of the biggest innings and shut down a Rays offense that had all the momentum. Mm. Yet here we are. Yes. Yet here we are. We Heck, we're the first team to move on. I know. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, not, this isn't even like, this isn't even about like, how do you even like analyze the statistics of this? Well, I, I, I have some things to at least talk about. I mean, oh, we can analyze. There's plenty to talk about. I'm not even saying, we don't have to analyze statistically. Listen, it's hard to statistically do that. It's too short of a series, but talk about just what we've seen and everything like that. I will say this. I think the Rays, as much as I want to heap praise on the Sox and as excited as I am, I think think this is kind of got about the Rays got exposed a little bit because the Rays don't actually have true starting pitching since Glasnow went down and some other things happened. They've been kind of bullpenning it along the way. Shane McClanahan was the only real true starter they had. And after that, they had to bullpen it and it worked in the regular season. But I think they kind of got exposed in the postseason where you need actual legit starting pitching and experienced usually better than not experienced. And they didn't really have that. Baez goes two innings and gets shelled. They had to turn to McClanahan last night in relief, hoping that he could do another start sort of like three, four innings, and he was not good at all. Um, But they don't really have a true starter, or at least a major league ready to start a postseason game and go multiple innings uh, ready starting pitcher other than McClanahan. And I think they got exposed through that. The bullpen stuff works sometimes when you're in a postseason series and you have to keep using your bullpen and you're using the same guys, it means that the other team keeps getting a good look at them. And it's almost like asking your reliever to go through an order multiple times, right? Because they just saw him yesterday or the day before that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's part of what the Rays got exposed of in this series. Yeah, and um, heck, I I picked what Rays as to probably make the World Series, maybe not win it. Um, and I'm not really surprised that pitching staff like that did at least eventually, get exposed. I'm just surprised it was the Red Sox to do it. Because, I mean, as this year went on, I had the Rays more and more just distance themselves each game they played. Like, mm-hmm. just saying that we are just so much better than you had looked like in the regular, towards the end of the regular season. Could do anything against the Rays, it seemed. So I'm just so shocked that it was the Red Sox to, to do this to them. Um, Why? I trusted our offense. I didn't trust our pitching. Our, and our pitching... And our pitching is what did surprise me in this series. I didn't think the pitching would hold up as well as it did. Our I'm not surprised we scored some our runs. Our offense though. at times could be very explosive and easily our strong suit. However, it was very streaky. Yeah. And when you still, when you played the Rays down the stretch, your offense was didn't really show up. Mm. And it showed up. I mean, you are you are hitting the ball all over the park. Mm. Uh, that second game at Tropicana Field. 
was it five home runs that game for the Red Sox? Yeah, they scored 14 runs. Um, I didn't see that coming at all. And no. then you come back home. Yeah, obviously, like the ball is not going to carry quite as much as Fenway. It's colder. It's not a dome. Um, and yet, still, you were clubbing them. Mm. Um, you know, they're still the typical Red Sox. They club them for one inning, disappear for five more, um, and love to leave men on base in big situations with those first pitch swings. I cannot stand it. I cannot stand that first pitch swinging. But that's a different conversation. We are high on life right now. We're moving on. Let's not talk about the bad things yet. Um, the Astros will do that for us. <laughs> um, this is going to be the Astros. I probably will be. It's probably going to be, at least probably going to be the Astros. I prefer the White Sox for obvious reasons. I think the Astros are just a better team. Um, and I'd rather lose to the White Sox. I don't want to lose to the Astros. <laughs> but the thing is, about this team, like, coming into this season, Try and bloom. It really felt like a transition year. We're signing people like, uh, we're using Pavetta's. We uh, we gave Martin Perez another deal. A uh, Garrett Richards, Hunter Renfro, Keith This really felt like these are placeholders until we get the real guys. The, mm. Until the farm grows. Until we have those real studs that we'll get in free agency. One or two of those. And yet, Hunter Renfro hit 30 home runs this year. Now he had a really bad play in the outfield. I don't know why you threw it home on that. Uh, a Rosarina single to tie the game. That really made me mad. Um, Hunter Renfro had a couple RBIs. I know. I don't think he did have an RBI this game, that last game. But he's been a factor this whole year. Kike Hernandez was easily your MVP with the stick in that series. Who? Kike. Kike Hernandez. By the way, can I just say the Kike, talking about this stuff, this is kind of where like the analytics meets the other stuff that I'm talking about, which is experience and you know mentality, savvy, all that kind of stuff. Kike has a lot of postseason experience, and Kike's not a guy that's going to shrink in the lights. Oh. Whereas the Rays were all analytics in the regular season, and it works to get you a bunch of wins, but come playoff time, sometimes that's not what carries the day, and that kind of looked like it. Oh, I agree with that with Kike. Like he's, he was on the Dodgers for a long time. He's been there. He's been to several World Series with them. He won. He went. I think he went to three, won one with them. Um, and like, so yeah, Kike is someone I expect wouldn't fold. When the lights are brightest. But that was never someone going into the season you would expect to, you want at the plate. We were watching that game together last night, and I, I jokingly said when I saw Kike on deck, oh, we're winning this game. But at the same time, that is exactly who I wanted at the plate more than anyone else in this lineup other than maybe J.D. Martinez. Yeah. It was Kike Hernandez. <laughs> That's most MLB fans coming into the season would laugh at me. Kike Hernandez, he's a utility guy, utility bench guy. He's like a Brock Holt. And you know what? Brock Holt was actually pretty good for us too. But like, Kike Hernandez, he came in, he was, I mean, he, he he didn't bat 300, but he was still our leadoff guy. He was pretty electric in that leadoff position. He was consistent all year long. Mm-hmm. He was surprisingly good this season as their starter, everyday starter, because he was never that for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um Kike Hernandez, man. <laughs> like, I'm a huge fan of this guy now. I love him. I mean, I always thought he was a good locker room guy. He's great to have in your um, he's dugout. A, he's a true professional, too. Yeah, but he also, he's just got a larger-than-life personality. He makes people laugh all the time. He's just such a carefree dude. He's such he's so loose day in and day out. He, he's I love a guy like that in the locker room because no matter how tight the situation is, he's loose. Mm. So I, I love a guy like Kike Hernandez. I cannot say enough good things about Kike Hernandez from what I've seen this season. What what a pickup from Chime. 
Yeah, it really was. That was a great move by Chime. Is it safe to say that you think, I mean, apart from the other things, just like a philosophy sort of, not even, but whatever. Like, kind of the the Red Sox experience won out over the Rays inexperience. That's Probably. kind of a good way I, I like to put this. Probably, because, I mean, even though Kevin Cash has been in the playoffs a couple times at this point, was in the World Series last year, Alex Cora has won two World Series Mm-hmm. One as the bench coach for the Astros, one as the manager for the Red Sox. He was a player. Not to say, I mean, Kevin Cash was also a player, but he did not have the career that Alex Cora did. Alex Cora has been there. Many of these players have been there. Uh, Sander Bogarts, Chris Sale were all on that 2018 team. Uh, actually, Sander Bogarts was on that 2013 team even. Um, so Sander Bogarts has definitely been here. Hunter Renfro was on that Rays team last year. Uh, Kike Hernandez, we mentioned, was on the Dodgers for a long time. Uh so, yeah, I think that had quite a bit to do with it. I mean, one of the best players on the Rays this series was Wander Franco. No experience at all. But where were the rest of them? Uh-huh. Um, there was very few big hits. There was a couple of big hits from a Rosarina. Again, another guy who wasn't there last year. You expected things from him because he was just he hit the ball last year. Nelson Cruz was a non-factor in this series. One of the guys you would expect to have that experience more than really any other on that team. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they shut him down. Yeah. They really and did. that's a guy who really beat you up for years, yes. Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Um, and he was beating them up in the regular season down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, we saw that personally. Yes, we did. We did see that personally. Uh, so, yeah, I think that experience, that real playoff experience, yeah, I think that had something to do with it. Because, mm. I mean, this team, there are a lot of veterans I mean, even you know, Nick Pavetta's never been there, but he stepped up. Garrett Woodlock's never been there. He stepped up. However, having a manager like Alex Cora and players like Sale and Bogarts to stand next to and say, like, listen, kid, it's okay. If you don't make the big pitch, it's okay. Don't be afraid to make the bad pitch. Don't fear it so much. Because then you will. If you're fearing it, like, you're going to make an if error. If you're not trusting your stuff. Yeah. Like, you're trying to nibble too much. Like, it's not, like, yeah, the stakes are higher. It's the playoffs. But you're out there to do the same thing you've you're done. You're here for a reason. Trust your stuff. Yeah, but you're also you're also here to do the same thing you've done this whole season, four years. It's just the yeah, the pressure's up there. But as long as you just keep doing what you're doing, it should end the same way it always has. For at Boy, least most of the time. Did it make did it make did the pressure and adrenaline make Nick Pavetta look better or what? He looked oh, like he, he was had an fired up. Dude, he fed like off he, that. It yeah. looked like he had a kept couple extra miles per hour on that fastball. Yeah, and it, hey. Some players, and it's easy to say that. Oh, you only pitched one innings. No, he pitched like four innings, and he was humming it up there at ninety six, yeah. ninety seven. Still, maybe he's got that Evaldi gene, where in casual game he's casual, but in big game he's just something inside him lights up. Mm. Maybe he he loves the pressure more. Maybe even mm. something like that. Which maybe. hey, you love players like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll take a mediocre Pavetta in the. Regular season, if he can really turn it on the playoffs, why not? Oh, hell yeah. Definitely. All right. From that, we are moving on. Last segment here before we get into the normal stuff we do. I want to say one more thing about the Red Sox. Not even about the Red Sox. Hmm. I want to say something about the fans. Yeah. Because last year was so bad, and people were talking, and I felt this too. You might lose some fans for that, that what you put that product you put on the field last year. And I wouldn't blame people for not wanting to come back and watch for at least a while. However, the fans came out for this series, the Yankees and this Rays series, Oh my God, did they show up? They were loud. They were electric. They were huge. And to see that after last season and how they were hit and miss for this regular season when they could come, to see them there and to see them blow up like that, it felt so good. 
because that it felt like an old school early 2000s time at Fenway yes which I felt has been lacking actually for years yeah so I just wanted to say that I, I feel like home field advantage doesn't usually have a big deal in baseball but I feel like it matters a lot in Fenway it can certain stadiums between between weather the weird nooks and crannies and stuff in Fenway and then just the intensity of the fans no yeah I think certain stadiums Fenway Park Yankee Stadium maybe Wrigley Field um Certain parks, yeah, absolutely have more home field advantage than others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So from that, we will get into fair and foul here before we finish things up with our usual last two segments. All right. I'm going to start this off. So is Justin Herbert already as good as Patrick Mahomes? I know for a fact we're not going to agree with this one, Jesse. 100%, I think that's a fair statement to say that Justin Herbert might actually be as good as Patrick Mahomes already. I don't know if he is, but I think it's a fair statement to say he's close. He is darn close. Justin Herbert this season has 13 touchdowns, three picks, and a passer rating of 104. Justin Herbert is rookie season, beating almost every single rookie uh, record in the book, throws 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a passer rating of 98, despite what pro football focus uh, uh, graded as the worst pass-blocking O-line in football last year in the Chargers. Now... He's on his second coaching staff, his second offensive coordinator, and yet he's still putting up insane numbers and getting better and better. Justin Herbert is a bigger, stronger athlete, more durable than Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert doesn't play with the same sort of looseness uh, and I don't want to call it laissez-faire because I don't think Mahomes is laissez-faire at all, but he does. He can be a little bit of a, a wild man sometimes and get a little bit sloppy. Justin Herbert doesn't play with that. Justin Herbert is an incredibly intelligent individual, a four-point student, biology major in college. So I think it's totally fair to say that Justin Herbert might already be as good as Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes got to sit for a season, got to inherit Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Sammy Watkins too, actually, at that time. Sammy's gone now, but just incredible things Mahomes is able to inherit. Justin Herbert didn't really quite get that, though still talent on this roster. Um... But 100%, I think Justin Herbert is the real deal and already probably as good or at least close to as good as Mahomes and only ascending since he's only halfway through, not even halfway through, partway through his second year uh, in the NFL. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong, Dominic. Nice quick setup there. Uh, You're wrong because, I mean, listen, I will put Herbert as... You know, just off the cuff, maybe a top five uh, quarterback in the league right now. He's definitely at least one of the better ones. I would love to build a team around Justin Herbert. I would still love to build a team around Patrick Mahomes more. I'd say I would listen more. Oh, come on. Yeah, because I mean, hey, I mean, you, you might have hit, you might have figured it out. The Chiefs' problem, they don't have Sammy Watkins. That's it. They don't have Sammy Watkins anymore. That's their problem. But I will say this. I mean, you, you're right. Sometimes Patrick Holmes can maybe trust himself a little too much for some things. Um, he just and, mechanically can get sloppy. How I will until I see Justin Herbert throwing the ball downfield thirty yards while you're taking a dive. I will. And here's the thing: you're like, "Oh, that's stupid." So what does that have to do with the stats? The athleticism that Patrick Mahomes puts on the field every day in and out makes it so people just can't reach that level. 
I've no, Justin Herbert is a very good athlete who can run very I mean, well. Hey, they want, just don't want to put him in danger like that. I don't want to make him run. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't run. He's a mobile quarterback. He is. He's not slow when he's a mobile quarterback. And I don't want to bash his athleticism. However, I have never seen a quarterback do the things Patrick Mahomes did in that Super Bowl. It was absurd. Spinning around, throwing the ball almost perfectly to the defender every single time was absurd. So until I, I again. Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, hands down, maybe even top three, without the list in front of me. But come on, Patrick Mahomes just does things, and he's just got a talent level that I haven't seen in the NFL. So that's why I can't, he's not there yet. Heck, maybe one day I'll watch him do these things. Maybe Justin Herbert will trip, dive, throw a pass that hits his wide receiver in the face, in the end zone. Maybe he'll be getting tackled, spin, throw up a prayer, and hit his wide receiver in the hands. But I haven't seen that. I think, I think, especially from a man with has the worst offensive line in football, running for his life. Chiefs that whoa, whoa, Mahomes does not have the worst offensive line in football right now. He was running for his life in that Super Bowl. He was, but he they also had two injuries. That's not the point. Listen, I don't blame Mahomes for the Super Bowl, but I think I think it's fair to say Justin Herbert. It could be already as good as Mahomes. He's he is darn close. Not quite. I think you're getting way too caught up in like the flash and the crazy and the sizzle that Patrick well, he, brings to the table. There is you can I sure maybe people can, but that flash is something I just don't see ever from anybody else. Not even Herbert. Again, I love Justin Herbert. Really good. Very good. Incredible. Even. I think he has six game-winning drives already, too, in his career. Patrick Mahomes is a 10 out of 10 quarterback right now. Justin Herbert is a 9 out of 10. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? I can't even say Tom Brady is probably like a 9 or an 8 out of 10 right now. One of the best quarterbacks in the league has that 8 out of 10. I consider most quarterbacks mid-tier at best. Five, sixes, fours. But so you, when you have 7, 8, 9, or a 10, like that's, 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 that's out of the ordinary so I'm putting Herbert at a nine. All right. Well, I mean, if you have him at a nine, then you kind of have him close. No, I, here's the thing. I think he's close. I just don't, as good, I just, I can't make that statement. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Going on. Jesse. Me. Are the Lions the best 0-5 team in NFL history? Mm. I don't have the entire list of every 0-5 team in the history of the NFL in front of me. However, at least in my time watching football. I've seen a bunch of 0-5 teams. I saw the Lions go 0-16. I think I saw the um, Browns go 0-16. I almost saw the Dolphins go 0-16. I All those teams were god awful, deserved to be 0-16. Holy crap, were they bad. The Lions are bad. They're 0-5 for a reason. But they competed in pretty much most, if not all, of these games. Like, if you look at the final score, now the first game, 41-33 against the Niners, it wasn't that close. The Lions kind of made it close in the end. But I give them credit for doing that. You move the ball. You put up points. Uh, 35-17 loss to the Packers week two. The final score says it was a blowout. If you actually watch the game, it took a while for the Packers to really put distance on the Lions. They led at halftime. Yeah. I even thought, like, man, the Lions can maybe even win this game especially after like that first game we saw from green bay i was like wow the lions could win this game and the green bay you know they kind of figured it out one of the better teams of football we both had them in our top five list 
I think we did. The Ravens mm-hmm. with week three matchup. You lost by two points. You you lost nineteen seventeen. You lost to the Bears by ten points, twenty four fourteen week four. We have it's hard to make out what the hell the Bears actually are. Hey, listen, they played them better than the Raiders did. <laughs> True. Uh, and then you just lost nineteen seventeen to the Vikings. You probably would have lost a lot more if they had Dalvin Cook. Um, but you competed. They're competing in these games. They're looking. There's even a couple times where I'm like you can win this game. They are definitely better than I thought they were. This going to be this year. I know one five start does not surprise me. It surprises me how decent they have actually looked in this 0-5 start. Are they the greatest 0-5 team of all time? I don't know. But they're up there. They might be. They're going to win some games this year. They play the Bengals next week, a team better than we actually both thought. Maybe you win that game. Maybe the Bengals bangle. Maybe the Bengals bungle. Mm. You then play the Rams. You're losing that game. The Eagles, that's a team you could beat. The Steelers, that's a team I expect you to beat, actually. I think they're a better team than the Eagles. I think they could beat the Eagles. I have and then you got some hard matchups here and there. You're playing the Cardinals. You're going to play the Broncos. You're going to play Seattle. Maybe you're going to have Russell Wilson in that game. You're going to win some games, Lions fans. And maybe, maybe you should have something to look forward to down the line. Mm. Because this is one of the greatest 0-5 teams of all time. I don't have the whole list, so I can't say it definitively. But hey. I don't even have much to add to this because I kind of completely agree. I think the Lions are a lot better than a lot of bottom-tier teams in the NFL right now. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even know if I put them top five worst team right now. I didn't have them in my top five worst teams yeah, when we, we made that list. We didn't, despite the fact they still haven't won a game. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, really they're, the only, they're the only team that hasn't won a game. Okay. And yet I consider them better than some of the teams that have. All right. Actually, no, excuse me. The Jaguars haven't won a game. That's true. All right. Moving on. Is it fair to say that we missed on the Dallas Cowboys? I'll get us started. 100% we whiffed on the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion. I thought this was team was going to be bad to average. They're a really good football team. They're a really good football team. The additions of Micah Parson and Trayvon Diggs and the defensive lineman, I can't really say his name, it's hard, got him out of USC. Uh, I'm, I can't even say Uzab. Uzawalo, <laughs> I can't, I'm going to mess it up. He was out of USC though. With the addition of those three draft picks, okay, they have totally turned around this defense and they don't have to pay them anything too, which means they're getting relief from what they've overpaid some other people. We always knew the offense was going to be good. CeeDee Lamb was another really good one to give him another weapon. He has hit 100%. Dak looks back, healthy. Kellen Moore looks like a very good offensive coordinator. But the big thing, like I said, is that defense. They were a terrible defense that last year, and just with the additions of those three guys, they have completely turned it around. You added elite players in the secondary, at the linebacker position, and on the D-line. Totally turned around that defense, 100%. Dallas is for real, for me, one of the best teams in the NFC. I don't know what the ceiling is because I still hate their head coach, but we whiffed 100%. This is a really good football team and one of the best teams in the NFC. So fair. I won't call them a really great team yet. We missed. We didn't. I. Th- we thought they were. We both thought they were going to be bad. And so fair. They. Uh, yeah, well, here's the thing. Like you. You lost one game. You lost to a good team. You beat a good team in the Chargers. Uh, you beat the Eagles, who are again also better than we expected this year, at least a little bit. Uh, you beat the Panthers, who are pretty good. They're kind of coming back down to earth recently. Uh, you just. Smoke the Giants were crap. 
Is this team and better? Daniel Jones did get hurt in the second quarter in that game. Oh sure. Um, Shout out to my picks for the week. Did not have a good week. <laughs> a lot of bad crap happened between Jones in the second quarter and the Bungles missing a kick. Panthers uh, in the block punt too. Actually, Bungles almost beat the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah, but I got to push on that because they didn't get the kick. Um, but and like yeah, I mean here's the thing: Zeke has looked better this year. He's looked like he's more in shape again. Um, he's he's really coming into his own again. Um, so yes, we missed a little bit. I still think they will fall off a little more. This is still the NFC East. They are not. I do not consider them a Super Bowl contender yet. When you start playing the better teams and start beating them, uh, then yes, I'll be like, all right, maybe you're legit. You're gonna play the Chiefs down the line. You're gonna. Here's the thing: your your schedule is still not even that good, no mm. matter what. Um, you're gonna play the Cardinals. That that's that's probably gonna be your biggest test. That's however, maybe the Cardinals at that point will also fall off because they like to do that. Um, so I will not say this is a great team yet. However, they are decent. Okay, but I don't think we thought they would be terrible. I think we said they'd be about a five hundred team. So do you think? No, it's... I thought they were going to be bad. Okay, but but I think in general, when we were talking about it, we at least came this is the census at around five hundred. So do you think it's fair to say already that we missed? Or do yeah. you think for no, now it's still no. foul? We missed. Okay, cool. They're, they are they are better than I thought they would be. I'm just not as high on them right now as you are. They still lost an offensive lineman to first testing positive for BETs and then getting suspended again for trying to bribe the guy that <laughs> tested him. Um, <laughs> who's that? Me. They just released that linebacker. Uh, Jalen Smith. Yeah. They released him because Micah Parsons is the starter and why bother paying Jalen if you don't need him? I guess. And, and you know, I'm sure. And Mike McCarthy's still the head coach, so we will see how this plays out. But sure, I mean, you're definitely you're definitely in my book right now the favorite to win your division. Yo, easily. All right, last one, Jesse. Wait, can I wipe my nose first? No, okay. you can't. Un- the, un- unacceptable. Ask me the question as I run to the tissue box over there. Absolutely unacceptable, Jesse Caulfield. Completely unprofessional. <laughs> All right. You good now? You gonna make it? Yeah, no, it's fine. you can ask it while I was running. No, I know, but I just thought I'd joke around. All right. The Seattle Kraken will contend for the playoffs. A hockey season. question. For your hockey. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm opening my phone. I should be opening my iPad to get to those notes. Uh, uh, as a quick answer, it, no, they're not going to be that good. They are not going to do what the Vegas Golden Knights did. Um, you know, we made fun of the Vegas Golden Knights after the expansion draft of who they were picking, but they clearly had an idea, of, and they knew what they were doing, and they picked a lot of guys who were just not working out on other teams and said, hey, you get a new environment, you're going to work out. I'm looking at, like, William Carlson, uh, Riley Smith's, Smithies, stuff like that, uh, gave Marc-Andre Fleury a new lease on life. But you don't have that with these Kraken. They didn't have quite the plan, and maybe had had something to do with the fact that the expansion draft happened a couple of years ago and teams better prepared and who they were going to put up uh, for an option. But like you have, you have some good players. You have some Jaden Swars. Uh, you got people like uh, Jordan Eberle and Jonas Donskoy, uh, Mark Giordano, Adam Larson. The problem with these people is they were really good. They're not really anymore. They're kind of old past their prime stuff like that. And then the ones you have that are young and unsure, like the Jeremy Lausanne's, we'll see. We'll see. Can you grow them? 
Uh, no, this team's not going to be very good. This is going to be your prototypical expansion team. It's not going to be good. So it's not going to be like the Vegas experiment. Despite the fact that Seattle was begging for a team, they gave it a Vegas first, and Vegas reaped the benefit with getting the good players. That was a total success for the NHL, both financially and on the ice. This is not going to be the same thing. It's so, just not. So you foul? Foul. All right. They're not going to be that good. I'm going to say fair. These, no these, why. these old past their prime players, they're going to come together, go for that last title run. They'll teach some of the new guys how to win and play in the NHL. Hockey doesn't even make any sense half the time in the playoffs. It's complete madness. The best teams, I feel like, half the time don't even win. The Vegas Knights already did it. We have a, we have a, we have a standard here to go off. The Seattle Kraken 2022 Stanley Playoff Champions. <laughs> wow. Okay, no, 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 not, not at all. Fair, though. They will contend for a playoff spot. They will go to the playoffs, and they will make a pretty good playoff run. If their young players can step up and grow, like the Hayden Flurries, the Jeremy Lozans, the Jonas Donskoys. Uh, not Jonas Donskoy, he's kind of old. Um, you know, the... These old men, yeah. these old misfits men, you know, they're going to come together. Jared McCann, that's the name I was looking for. Uh, if these people can grow a little bit, maybe they'll compete for a spot. But like, I don't have a lot of faith. But I didn't have a lot of faith in the Vegas Golden Knights, so I, I can be surprised. Fair. Seattle Kraken 2022. No. All right. We're getting ready to wrap this up, man. Jesse, I'll turn it over to you. The weekly Tommy Report. Oh, man, you're throwing things at me. I am throwing things at you. One thing to the next really quick. Uh, Tom, Tom Brady, we love him. What does he do this week? He played, he played uh, someone he used to, I mean, actually, you know what? Of all the three teams, or the three teams he used to play a lot, this is probably his least favorite, but still, an old friend in the Miami Dolphins, and oh boy, did he look like vintage Tom Brady. Uh, 30 for 41 with passing over 400 yards, five more touchdown passes for our man Tom Brady. He did what he usually does against the Miami Dolphins, and he crapped all over them as an excuse listen i have excuses for my other uh betting picks this week i have no excuse for that one n- n- none none whatsoever i should not have bet against tom brady i got a little cute with that pick i apologize <laughs> to myself and anyone who follows the instagram <laughs> mm. but yeah that's that's that, that's that that was your weekly time that was inexcusable he, brady usually breaks all the rules in betting yeah. so he, he won 45 17 inexcusable my man 100 <laughs> percent. all right and from that, we're going to wrap this up. The Darwin Award. Let's go, Jesse. Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is the New York Yankees. Oh, my. I love it. For the absolute insanity of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and to ice it off, not just that, but to be a mediocre team almost all season and then say, go for it. Let's give up the prospects to go get Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, who you could argue kind of hamstrung you down the stretch and in the playoffs. I know Rizzo hit the home run in the wild card game, but Gallo, Gallo was terrible <laughs> all year. Gallo did not help them at all. Gallo held them back, and yet they gave up prospects so they could get into the wild card and lose to the Red Sox. So good luck on you. Good for you, Yankees. Give up more of that future, despite the fact that a lot of your guys you thought were going to be good aren't panning out in Glaber Torres, Luis Severino, Domingo Herman. But give up more prospects so you can get 
some weird fit to do the exact same thing that you already do way too much, and so you can lose in the wild card game. Oh boy, do I love crapping on the Yankees. <laughs> you got more and, to add to this, Jesse? Well, I want to I want to put their fans in there who all season long hyped up this team. No matter how bad it got to start, we're going to be there in the end. Uh, when they were on that 13-game winning streak, oh man, World Series back on. And then they came back down to earth again. It's like, we're still going to be there in the end. Where are you? Playing golf. Yeah. Like, I, we said this back and forth. No matter how good, no matter how hard that team was playing, we never had real faith in them. No, I never bought it. No. And every time the Yankee fans, oh, man, you and your stupid Red Sox fans, you're going to lose. Like, oh, you're going to fall off. Uh, the the ghost of Babe Ruth is coming back, whatever. Like, no, we laughed at you the entire time. Every time you try to come at us nowadays, I laughed. I see it on Twitter. It was ridiculous. You try to come at our leader, Jared Carabas. It is. It's so funny. <laughs> no, it really is. It's great. By the way, and, and I, I preach on this show and in life all the time, talking about like, yo, if you if the window's there, if the door is open. Be aggressive. And they were aggressive, but like. You still have to be logical in your aggression. Why did you get two people that do the exact same thing? Nobody thought, hey, Chapman's terrible. Maybe we need to add to the bullpen. Hey, it's kind of Garrett Cole and nothing else in the starting rotation. They were going to hope Jamison Tyon was going to come back and be completely healthy, despite the fact Tyon hasn't been healthy in like two years. But no, let's go get Rizzo and Gallo and give up more of the farm to do it. Stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So, but I love it at the same time. Oh, I love it. I love it all day. I loved when they made that move. Screw that organization. Nah, no, I'm a, I'm about it 100%. So, Darwin Award winner of the New York Yankee organization. Get it together or not because it's good for me as a fan, but you probably should fire Cashman. All right. That has been it for this week's episode of Slow Your Roll, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to contact us on anything on uh, Slow Your Roll on Instagram, and also our website is also just slowyourroll.com where you can get news, sports news, clips from the show. Uh, I've actually put some of your articles on there. Really? Like the link to it. So if you want to check out Jesse's articles, writing for the uh, yakuareport.com, those are on there as well. Thank you very much, guys, and have a good rest of your week.